Well, hey there, all souls. Welcome again to the teaching portion of our Ash Wednesday service. Ash Wednesday is the start of the Lenten season, which has traditionally been for the church this time of repentance and reflection, all in preparation for the glory of Easter, the hope of the resurrection, the hinge upon which our faith and our hope turns. And so it's no accident that we start out our celebration of the resurrection with a reminder of our mortality. We mark our foreheads in the shape of the cross and we hear those ancient words, from dust thou art to dust you shall return. And in this modern day and age in which we live, it's kind of jarring to remember our humanity, to be reminded of our limitations. And I think as this last year has taught us, we do not like limitations. We do not do well when they are placed upon us, whether those limitations come in the form of restrictions on what we can do and when we can do it, or whether they come in the form of our bodies, our marriage, our gender, our appetites, our intellect, career, experience, whatever. We always desire more than we can possibly attain in this lifetime. We are creatures, restless creatures of limitless desire. And we try to fill that restlessness with all kinds of things. The medieval theologian Thomas Aquinas wrestled with this question of what it would take to satisfy human desire. And in short, he said, everything. You would have to experience everything and be experienced by everything. I mean, you could eat at every restaurant inside the perimeter and taste everything on the menu, experience everything and every place, and you would still want more. I mean, you would even want to go OTP. And so, if to satisfy every desire, is not an option. How do we learn to live within limits? In a sense, Lent is a season of learning how to wrestle with our limitations and with the restlessness that those limitations create within us, however it comes. How do we deal with the restlessness that we feel? Well, there's good news for us. Jesus says, I have come to offer you rest for your souls. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and that can be translated uh, exhausted, burned out, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. However you look at it, it's clear that the way of Jesus is grounded in rest. We see the same thing said a little bit differently in John's gospel through this word image of the vine and the branches. As some of you no doubt have this memorized, I'm sure. But Jesus says to his disciples, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
it's a beautiful image. The, the way that we bear fruit, and in John's gospel, principally that plays out as love and joy and peace. Uh, later on, Paul will describe it as love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The image of how that grows in the soil of our life is not by ambition and striving, but through abiding, by hanging with him, by being with him so that we can become like him and do the things that he did. It's not, you know, try harder to be good and kind. It's not forcing it. No, it's about resting in the Father's presence. And don't get me wrong, this takes effort, but it's the effort of surrender, not the effort of the white-knuckled kind of work yourself to the bone. I mean, does this look like the posture of rest? No, it's the effort of stillness in the midst of all the noise and the clatter. And if we break off from this restful connection with the Father, whether through sin and rebellion or through benign neglect or purposeful distraction, uh, whether that comes in the form of working all the time or Netflix binging or whatever it is, whenever it is that we are cut off and the fruit that we bear in the place of love and joy and peace, it becomes things like burnout and compromise, disillusionment. And the thing is, you know this, Jesus is not glorified by our burnout. Our exhaustion is actually not a sacrament. We're invited into a place of rest, to live out of a place of overflowing love and joy and peace. The greatest command to love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself, they flow out of this place of rest. It is next to impossible to love when you are exhausted, when you are emotionally imbalanced, when you are spiritually asleep. I mean, I know this in my own life. If I get up and I fast and I pray, and in my restlessness I turn my worry into prayer, and I have this great hour-long devotional in the morning, and then Mackenzie wakes up with Cooper, her new puppy. We have a new puppy. It's a whole other thing. Anyway, Cooper's down there, and he's chewing up things he's not supposed to, and there's this little puddle out there because he doesn't want to go out because it's cold and, and rainy, and Mackenzie doesn't take him out because it's cold and rainy, and if I am rested, I can look at that and say, oh, well, let's clean it up. Mackenzie, come on, let's go outside. Cooper wants to play. When I'm rested, I can operate out of a deep sense of love and appreciation for the learning curve. But man, when I'm tired, <laughs> do not wake the dragon. When I'm tired, I can start to see her as the obstacle to my rest, not as a gift that God has entrusted me with. I mean, when I am not rested, it does not matter how many Bible studies I do, how much time I spend in prayer, how many Friday Five videos I record or pastoral calls I make. We need rest. Not just to feel happy and energetic, but because we are more loving 
and more able to live out of the deep rest and shalom of the kingdom. When I don't rest, I don't love well. When I do rest, love is the fruit that grows naturally out of this place of abiding. So is there a practice that we can take on to partner with the Spirit in becoming people of rest? Well, this Lent, we are going to do a deep dive on the discipline, the practice of Sabbath. We will have a study and practices guide available on our website uh, through email for you to download and go through with your community groups, or you can go through it by yourself. But if you do, you know, I hope that you do that in conversation with a spiritual friend. And I think for a lot of us that this idea of Sabbath might seem counterintuitive in this year in which we've not been able to do much. I find in my conversations that either the year has been busier for some of us than it has ever been before, or it's been less busy than ever, and there's not a whole lot of middle ground. But we're going to look at this practice of Sabbath because Sabbath is more than just a day. It is a way of being in the world. It's a spirit of restfulness that comes as a result of living in God's presence all week. And I think it's the antidote to the restlessness of our limitless desire. I love how the Catholic thinker, uh, Ronald Rolsheiser, puts it when he writes this. We are a restless people. Restlessness is the opposite of being restful. Restfulness is one of the most primal cravings humans have. We crave rest to the point where we identify it with heaven. Grant us eternal rest. Today, as our lives grow more pressured, as we grow more tired, as, as we begin to feel burned out, we fantasize more about restfulness. We imagine a peaceful, quiet place. We see ourselves walking by a lake, watching a peaceful sunset, smoking a pipe in a rocker by the fireplace. But even in those images, we make restfulness yet another activity, something we do. And then we return to normal life. True restfulness, though, is a form of awareness, a way of being in life. It is living ordinary life with a sense of ease, gratitude, appreciation, peace, and prayer. We are restful when ordinary life is enough. Friends, I think one of the most basic spiritual tasks, one of the most Basic callings for us is to find the goodness of God in the lives that we are already living, not in an idealized life tomorrow. The kingdom that Jesus came, the, the kingdom that he welcomed us into is not a far off future place. Jesus says it is here now. We get to live in it now. And now there is a discipline to Sabbath that's hard work for a lot of us. But again, it's not the hard work of trying harder. It's the hard work of surrender. And it's the primary practice by which we cultivate the spirit of restfulness in our restless lives. Like all disciplines, Sabbath is practice. It's playing the scales to the concert performance that is our lives. It's how we practice for the best moments of our lives. 
and it is how we turn our restlessness over to God. I want you to consider today as we enter into this season of Lent that your restlessness is precisely the place where God is calling you to himself. Your discipleship will be what you invite Jesus to do with your restlessness and where the Spirit will shape you until you find that for which you most long. And if Sabbath seems like a strange idea to you, I get it. I mean, like some of you, I did not grow up in a household that talked about spiritual practices. Uh, Sabbath, if anything, it meant going to church. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that Sabbath is about living out of that reality that we were made by God, made for God, and that we were made to run on God, that our endless desire can only be satisfied by the one who is infinite, eternal, and able to supply our needs. Sabbath is about finding our home in God. It's not about giving up things in order to gain something that we want. It's simply an invitation to draw close to the Father, to trust that he is going to provide what we most need. It's an opportunity to discover that even in the midst of our scattered desires, every good gift comes from God. And it's this tangible reminder that the endless longings of our hearts will only ever be secured in something eternal. And so as we enter into this season of Lent, we do so knowing that it's a season for reflection, for tilling the soil of our hearts to experience the depth of joy made possible by the cross and the empty tomb. And so whether you make your way out to have your heads marked with the shape of the cross or you are reflecting at home, may the ashes of this day remind you that you are claimed by God and you'll find rest for your soul in him. Amen. Thank you.